Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, your buddy Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where uh, where we go over a little bit about yesterday's slate in MLB. Then we go over, we, we talk a little bit about uh, today's slate, which we can do in MLB. And we, we have projected lineups. I mean, I don't know what's going to go on with Tatis. I don't think he's going to play today. Uh, are, are the Padres even playing today? Whatever. But he, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. Uh, and then I answer your strategy questions, as I always do in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Uh, Frederick Duke, Clay, Burrow, Matt Mears, Mr. Meat Plow, Mr. Plow's here in the morning. Sal Correo, Bill, just just plain Bill. Just screw it. Bill, that's my YouTube username. Bill, doesn't matter. Jupocalypse, Dustin Hogue, Shane Beaver. We got a beaver and we got a meat plow. Okay, make make whatever whatever sexual jokes you want off of that. But uh, I thought that was funny. Tony P. Drewer, Jacob Calloway, Hog Lawrence, just just in sports. We got got you guys in the YouTube chat. Hit that thumbs up button. That's how you help you help us out. If you if this show's free, right? Every day, pretty much. It, it won't be won't be on tomorrow or or Thursday. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday we have uh, early early slates. And we have Grinders Live. I'll be on Grinders Live, so I'll I'll still be here in the morning. But it'll be with like Britt or Dean, Tuttle. I think is on tomorrow, right? So I'll be there just talking about you know that day's slate. But uh, but you can tune in then. So hit hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up the dummy thumbs. Uh, the the subscribe scribes and the notification belly bells. So feel free to hit them all. Hit anything you want on your screen. Just tap around whatever. It probably helps us out. Somewhat keep the apple juice cold. So I'm on the Mott still, right? The second brand. Ma- Ma- Mott's is a brand name, right? I just like the Minute Maid apple juice kind of better. I mean, the, the bottle's shaped differently. I don't know. This is eight fluid ounces. I think the other one has 10 fluid ounces, right? So it's a little bit different. But but yesterday, 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 uh, the pictures were chalk yesterday. Boy, right? I mean, for, for rightful reason, right? On DraftKings, you're playing DeGrom, you're playing Rodon. That was probably, you know, by far the chalk combination. Uh, but, of course, you paid up for DeGrom. He only pitched 77 pitches. So, so like, me personally, like, I played on Fandle, so that's a little bit different. We only have results need be for DK, but I was under on DeGrom. I was over on Rodon. I was over on May. May was much cheaper on Fandle. He was 6,800 on Fandle. He was 8,800 on DraftKings. Uh, had some Pavetta, some Sheffield, uh, and that's about it. I understood Di Sclafani. I think he has upside. You know, you don't want to necessarily face the Padres, but I get it. But I, I understood that the, the sharp sharp players were were over on him. But the main thing on, on yesterday's slate was what we're going to do with Degrom. What we go do doing with Rodon, right? Because most of the other pitching options were horrible, right? You didn't expect Trevor Williams to come out and. And pitched the way he did. And I mean, he kind of broke down a little. So he only got 22 and a half points. Uh, and he was facing the chalk stack. Okay. So to me, to me, you have to think in terms of uh, like Rodon to me is that's the classic high variance SP2 that's going to be chalk because the rest of the pitchers on the Slater, eh, eh, do you really want to play them? So like Rodon on DK was 41% owned. Yeah, he put up he could have been a great game. Sure. I played Rodon. I played Rodon on FanDuel when he was he was low owned on FanDuel. Not like low, low owned, but the Grum was like 60% owned on FanDuel. You only played one pitcher though. 
But Rodon, I think it's more likely that you play Mariners, which is what I did, uh, play Mariners against Rodon than you would playing Trevor Williams, the pitcher, against the chalk stack. You gain more. You gain more leverage, more relative value by playing the stack against the pitcher that's chalk than the reverse. So I see people ask that question. They go, oh, Milwaukee's going to be chalk because Milwaukee was chalk yesterday. We go, we're going to go to just a sharp ownership just in general. I mean, we have Yelich at 19%. We have Hura at 18%. Abby Garcia, 15.9%. Narvaez, who hit a, he hit a three-run home run. You know, nice chalk catcher home run. Either of a playing Mercedes or Narvaez in that range. But like that Milwaukee stack was, was chalky. Mets were Mets were chalky, but there's so many more combinations of those batters. So, like, what's the most owned in one lineup? Could five batters on DraftKings be even if they're the Milwaukee stack? It's gonna only be it's gonna be a single digit percentage, right? The combinations of Yelich and Hira and Garcia and Narvaez. Uh, you had JBJ. You had Colton Wong. So like you gain so much more, like like there's so many more lineups that have don't have any Milwaukee players in it, right? There's more lineups. There's 80% of the lineups don't even have a Brewer in it, most likely. You know that 41, 42% of lineups have Rodon in it. And Rodon can be negative. The batteries can't be negative. They just get zeros, right? They just have nothing. But I mean... A lot of batters only get fives and sevens and twos. But when a pitcher that, hey, you you may need to get 60 points out of your pitcher spots combined, maybe 50 to 60. You have a negative seven there, you're dead. I mean, like you're dead. And the stack ends up putting up more points. So to me, Trevor Williams was, I don't think in terms of Milwaukee's going to be chalk. Let me play the pitcher against them. Like, how much relative value am I I'm going to get on the field by doing that? More likely, Rodon's going to be chalk, right? Now, DeGrom, like, yes, yes, you could, yeah, sure, you could stack the Phillies against DeGrom. But also understand that if you're going to play a stack, you need that team to put up a lot of points. I mean, you need you need, you need a lot of runs. So, yeah, DeGrom's, a, a bad DeGrom game, he gives up, what, four runs or something? I mean, like, yeah, the Mets' bullpen is horrible, so maybe... Maybe maybe they give up more runs, but I mean, you're not going to gain as much stacking against guys that just, it's so rare for guys of that caliber to just, you know, 12 runs against them. You're not going to get Rodon. It, it wouldn't shock me, right? Anyone else? I mean, there's only a select few pitchers that are like that. That you look you look on and you go, like, I, I, just, I just don't see 10 runs being scored off this guy, right? A bad game is, is, oh, he only has four strikeouts, three walks, and gives up five runs. And it's like, is five runs going to do for the stack on a low-scoring slate, maybe? So, like, I wasn't even thinking about the Phillies. Like, it just comes down to, do you play DeGrum or you do do not play DeGrum? Not not playing DeGrum and then playing the Phillies. Maybe play a one-off, okay. You're going to play Reese Hoskins or something? Is a, okay, oh, okay, okay. The whole stack, I don't know. But when it comes to the, those SP2s, especially high variance ones like Rodon. Now he had a great game yesterday. Okay, great. You got that outcome. The Mariners, you play Hanniger and White and 
Kyle Seeger, lefty, lefty. People don't want to do that. So I played some Seattle stacks because you could gain more, more relative value by doing that. Doesn't mean you don't play Rodon. I mean, I, pl- I played 100 lineups on Fanduel, So like I, I had plenty of Rodon, but I also had other lineups that were Seattle stacks. And then in my non-Degrom lineups, you say, well, well, if you're not going to play Degrom and you're not going to play Rodon, who are you going to play? It's like, well, I'll, I'll, what's wrong with Dustin May? What's wrong with Justin Sheffield? Right? What's wrong with Nick Pavetta? You don't want to trust these people, but they, they can put up a decent game. But the point is, is that I'm not... I'm not fading DeGrum because I think he's going to do bad. I'm fading DeGrum because I don't think he's going to He doesn't necessarily, there's a win condition on non-DeGrum lineups that DeGrum does okay, but not not 40 points. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. I mean, no one expected him to just pitch 77 pitches. We expected another inning out of him. But like on FanDuel, he got like uh, 43 points. Rodon got more points. May got more points. Now, DeGrum has the highest ceiling, yes. But a pedestrian game and 77 pitch count game, is he going to be necessary? So don't think in terms of when you see the, you know, the ace pitchers, oh, Cole's on the slate or, or whoever, whoever, the Bieber. And you go, oh, if you're fading, if you're fading them, they're by far the best pitcher on the slate for 11,000 or something. And you go, well, maybe they just don't put up a score that's 11,000. They don't have a bad game. Six, six innings. Two earned runs, four hits, seven strikeouts. It's like, it's not a bad game. You'd you'd love that game out of a pitcher that was like 7,000. But they're 11,000, so 25 points ain't gonna... I could find 25 points elsewhere. Or maybe they are the highest scoring pitcher with 25 points, but there's a whole bunch of pitchers that have 18 to 22. And it's like the difference of the three or four points isn't gonna matter that much. So don't think in terms that most people, they, they're thinking in terms of results. What is going to happen tonight? What is going to happen today? Don't think in terms of that. Think in terms of what is the win condition of my lineup, of this specific lineup. It doesn't mean you're playing one lineup, you're playing 10 lineups. You could have 10 different win conditions. One lineup has DeGrom. One lineup doesn't have DeGrom. So what, in what condition does this lineup win? Well, the Grum doesn't pitch as well, so you're not you're not predicting an outcome. Where 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 do you get more relative value by hoping that the Grum doesn't pitch as well? Zone so seventy. This combination, the Grum plus Rodon, is in like half the lineups in like half the lineups, but a third of the lineups in the contest, one of them fails, and you know you don't you didn't need the Grum yesterday. We saw Forsaken yesterday with the Dodgers stack, which I what I was over on the Dodgers. Because they were chalking, they were chalking cores, right? Right? Oh, they're cores. Got to play the Dodgers. Chalk every night. Then they go to Oakland. Oh, oh, can't play them in that ballpark. With the DH? No, they're the Dodgers, for crying out loud. Why not? I played a lot of the Dodgers. I played a lot of the Astros yesterday. Played some Boston. I had some of that Boston. But you can see here, Dustin May, Carlos Rodon. And that's how you spend up for all the batters. I mean, that's that's how you do it. You don't have DeGrum in this lineup. You could play pay for Turner and Baez and Betts. But of course, he had two punts. Roof, 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 roof. And Zach McKinstry in his stack. I played some Zach McKinstry. Oh, he's batting ninth. Well, who cares? The Dodgers put up 12 runs. So he'll get up four or five times. People concern themselves too much about 
Like what 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 batting orders? Oh, I can't I can't play the eighth hitter. Like why not? What prevents you from doing that? They're lower owned, and that makes up for the one at bat that maybe they don't get. Right, because the guys at the top of the order are better players, obviously, but they're also more expensive. They're more likely to get an additional at bat. But if the team's putting up ten runs. The guys in the bottom of the order are batting four or five times also. There's no reason to avoid the bottom of the order. I care more about the team than I care about like the order of everything. Look at this lineup. No, no, no. Seager, Seager had a good game. Seager would have actually probably been better in this lineup. Taylor came out of the game. There's no Bellinger in this lineup. You didn't need Bellinger. There you go. 5X, 5-1-1-1, right? Right? I'm going to take a look at the next next lineup. Here's a DeGrum lineup. It's a Dodgers, 1-2-3-4. It's a 4-3-1. Dodgers, Boston, and that Yoshi, Yoshi went off. There you go, 4-3-1. Here's Utakao. Five-man Boston, two-man Houston, and Omar Narvaez. Five, two, one. See, we go to a one-off here, like the guy that just has one entry. Because I'm going to play a bunch of just uh, just random stuff. Well, it's hard to do that. He, he almost got there. He got fourth place trying to randomize. You know, just there's no, no stacks, no correlation, no nothing. It's hard to do. You have to throw a lot of crap against the wall and hope you get lucky. There's no repeatable process for that. Stylese. See, okay, here we go. One, two, three, four. Four-man Boston, three-man SFG, you know, San Francisco, and Omar Narvaez. You pretty much needed him. Or Will Smith. You needed him or Will Smith. The catcher. Here you go. Boston. One, two, three. He's a five-man Boston. He's a five-one-one-one with Boston. BK Reader. He's another Boston. Right? He's another Boston. Baranosaurus Rex, Flex, Boston, Boston, pretty much five-man Boston, five-man Dodgers, Lariotto over here, here's the Boston, Squirrel Patrol, here's a Dodgers stack, FJ Bourne, Boston stack, Boston, Houston, you know, plus Mike Trout, 5-2-1. This is lineup construction. A lot of these didn't have, look, here's Pavetta Pavet and Rodon. You didn't need, you didn't need DeGrom. I mean, you could have had him, but you didn't need him. Mr. Goodseats, DeGrom, BK Reader, DeGrom, Stylese, the yeah, you, but you didn't need him. Go down to Tinky Tyler here. There you go, Boston, here's a 5-3. Boston, San Francisco, 5-3. O'Neal, Dodgers, here's a 5-3, Dodgers, Houston. Very similar, very similar to my lineups on FanDuel. Playing, I had four fours of this. Trevor Williams. Right, you needed two ch- cheaper. You couldn't get to Grum in those lineups. Pick teams. Don't worry about it. Oh well, there's Zach McKinstry. So who cares? Miles Straw. Why not? Batting eighth on the road. They're they're both batting on the road. The Dodgers and Astros are both batting on the road. You get three, you're guaranteed ninth inning at bats. But you, that, that's always reflected in the projections anyway. That's why you'll notice the bottom hitters on the home team 
if they're favored, will have slightly less projection because their plate appearance expectation is going to be lower. The whole team's plate appearance expectation is going to be lower. Not by a full three at-bats, but on average, you know, one and a half at-bats or something. I know it's five days into the season or whatever, and people are like, I don't know if you need to stack anymore. Of course, just, just stack. Correlation is high in MLB. But any random lineup, the Zilly 79, just you can bang your heads against the keyboard. Hopefully you get right by just picking one-offs. But it's more likely than not. Picking the right team, stacking them, and them scoring a lot of runs, that's, that's how you win. All, all the players are correlated to each other. But we also see that if you play a bunch of lines, these are all these guys play 150 lineups. Outside of maybe the pitchers, like Utica, obviously, just like 100% DeGrom, 78% Rodon. Outside of the pitchers, you don't see like, I'm going to play a one-off batter for 70% of my lineups. You don't, you don't really see that. You see that a lot of sharp players, when playing 150 lineups, play a lot of everything. They're primarily stacking. They're not just like, okay. The nurse is randling Billy Hamilton, like 8%. What put him on Billy Hamilton? Just stacking, just stack combinations. Right, you look down here, like these are guys that aren't even playing. Mike Zanino in one lineup. I mean, yeah, it's probably it's probably in a in a in a raid stack. Take a look here. It's like, you know. Led Miss Diaz. Yeah, well, in Houston stacks. I'm more likely to care about getting the team right rather than like what five guys or what four guys are in my lineup. That's what I care about, getting the team. Now, obviously, I want the better players on the team if I can. But if I'm playing a bunch of lineups, like I'd rather, I'd rather have multiple combinations of different players on the same team than add new teams. How do they know about Franchi Cordero? They didn't. He's the ninth hitter on the Red Sox, and they were playing 20 Red Sox lineups. Not going to play 20 Red Sox lineups. I mean, you can play 20 Red Sox lineups with the same five guys, the five-man stack, and all. Yeah, sure, but that's not diversified. You have to get perfect. People don't play the bottom of the orders. Doesn't mean you have to play seven, six, seven, eight, nine. It could be. Don't worry about the gaps as much. Don't worry about it. Worry about the teams. Worry about how to get different leverage-wise in, in the higher-owned spots. You know, playing Seattle against Rodon didn't work out yesterday. But that's the right mindset to have. How do I win a low-scoring slate while Rodon gets killed? And 42% of the lineups are dead. That's how I win a low-scoring slate. DeGrom doesn't pitch as well. That's how I went a low scoring slate. The Mets were chalky. Alonzo, Lindor, Pilar, Pilar, yeah, leading off. He left a million million people on base. How do you get how do I get away from that? But you see here the sharp players don't just like yeah, Utica had a little bit more condensed player pool. He did play a lot of the chalk. But still, it's not like you're not going to see like batters. I mean, take a look at the, the the field percentage. Lindor was the highest on batter at 25. Mercedes was 20. Then we have a whole bunch of people in like the high teens. 
You're not gonna you're not gonna, you're not gonna see you're not gonna see 50% on guys that are hitters on on normal size slates. Maybe you maybe you see it on three game slates, two game slates. But like a 25% owned shortstop, like is that necessary? Playing him as a one-off just seems just seems stupid. He's the last guy in your lineup, sure. And he's the best projected guy, sure. You can do it. But you'll see that. Most of these sharp players play 150 lineups. They're saying, I'm selecting teams and I'm playing combinations. Playing five band stacks on DraftKings or four three ones, four fours on FanDuel, four three ones, those types of things on, on FanDuel. And going, what teams are under owned for their expectation? Give me those teams. Well, what guys do I play in those lineups? Well, let's see the combinations and you can choose from there. Worry about teams, not players. Just like I say, lineups, not players. Teams, not players. Also. Tyler Jackson asks, I've been uh, struggling with fading the chalk stack in my primary, but ending up with them as a secondary or a mini. If I'm taking the stance of fading them, should I just be Xing them out for that line? No. Remember, lineups, not players. I mean, you could, you could sure, you could play a chalk three-man against a five-man that's 1% owned. Why the hell not? Just like you could you could play the chalk five man stack as long as the rest of your lineup. You played a you know five man stack on DraftKings yesterday, the Milwaukee and whatever, and you did and but your your pitchers were like Sheffield and May. Like, okay, then you're good. I mean, you don't you're not playing the 75% on DeGrum or 41% on Rodon. Now fine. Now you now you want to hope that the Brewers chalk goes off. Now you're unique enough. Now you're not playing the two chalk pitchers. It's not, it's not deciding one. If you're playing one lineup, yes, then you have to decide which direction you want to go. It doesn't mean that, oh, you have to fade the chalk stack like every time. Most of the time, I'm still playing the chalk. Maybe not as much of it as the field. I'm playing them in some lineups. Sean asks, is there an easy way in HQ not to stack Team X with Team Y? No, there's no easy way to do that. Jacob Calloway said he has uh, he had Waka in most of his portfolio in the SP2 slot. Had him at 8% less likely than Rodon to be a top two pitcher at 50 to 1 ownership discount. Okay. If you want to play Waka, that's fine. I just thought Boston was under-owned. I thought Boston was under-owned as a stack, more so than Waka putting up. Of course, I'm remember, I, I was playing FanDuel, so I only need to play one pitcher. As your SB2 on DraftKings, okay, I get it. For FanDuel, I don't think it's necessary. Like FanDuel, it's it's hard to get that type of leverage. Since you only play one pitcher, like either the chalk pitcher is an ace that you're probably not going to stack against, or the pitchers are just not owned enough. DraftKings, they can be. FanDuel, FanDuel, I'm, I'm playing on FanDuel. FanDuel... There may, there may be an edge on FanDuel because I think people are are building lineups like too concerned about salary and projection because of the soft the softer pricing there. Like for instance, I, I'm going to go right now. This is the bat projections as of 9:53 a.m. Of course, these are all projected orders. We don't we don't we don't know, right? All right, this is nothing. I'm just showing you an example. So what I did is I went to build rules. 
Unique players won. I set my salary to leave 200 on the table at most. So I think that's what a lot of people do. Let's, let's, let's put it down to like even like 300 on the table. They'll go, okay, I want to spend somewhere between 37, and 35,000. And then I'm going to go to stacks. And I'm going to go four, four. So a hundred percent four, four. And I'm not going to choose my stacks. Just, just whatever. Just give me whatever it is. Okay. So a lot of times this is what people do. This may take a bit for, for 150. Because now on FanDuel, you, you have this multiple positional eligibility. You can make a lot more, a lot more, relatively more combinations of stacks to combine with one another. Because guys could fit at the second base or third base. And then you have the obviously utility. You have this, the catcher first base spot. So that first baseman could also be like in the utility. You could also play the catcher there. A lot of people don't avoid playing catchers. I mean, like, I think, yes, I think Grandal yesterday was like 2% owned. So give him to me in my White Sox stacks. But if you can strain yourself too much in a sport that has a very, very wide range of outcomes, I mean, I mean, we take a look, we take a look at, I showed you, I mean, floor one, ceiling 30. That's within one standard deviation, okay? That's not like, oh, three standard deviation, no, one. The big fat part of the, the the bell curve, even though these players don't really have bell curves, that big fat part, sixty eight percent of outcomes are going to be between these two. Look how wide that range is. That's ridiculous, right? I mean, the median maybe ten, but if he scored anywhere between a half a point, if, Ron, if Ronald Guzman today, we have him projected, and the bat has him projected for ten point five eight. But if he scored anywhere between a half a point to 24 points, that would be normal. Normal, quote, normal. That would be within the range of outcomes. Virginia's the normal expected range of outcomes. The difference between, like, what? A single, a run, a walk, something like that, and a two-home run game, or maybe not a two-home run game, a home run and three RBIs and two extra, you know, a double, like it would be within, within that's, that's within one standard deviation. There you go. There you go. You know how wide that range is? Right, we look at Keston Hero. Floor 1.32, ceiling 30. Within one standard deviation, he goes from like one single walk in the game to two home runs. So anything in between, that would be within the, within one standard deviation. That's how wide these ranges are, okay? That's how wide they are. So you take advantage of that. People are treating the median projections too much like, well, this guy projects for 10.88, and this guy projects for 10.83. I got to play the one with the slight, like, you you don't. You you don't. You don't have to. Oh, I I got $4,000 left in my lineup. I got to play Mike Trout or something. I can't play a $2,500 guy and leave $1,500 on the table. Why not? Look how wide these ranges of outcomes are. Mike Trout could put up zero. That other guy could put up 24. All within one standard deviation. So why are you constraining yourself so much? So we're almost there. We're almost at 150. Maybe I, sh- maybe I shouldn't have done 150. Maybe I should have done a little bit less. Make it quicker. 
just trying to give me four four stacks. It's 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 constrained. Just how long it takes. Okay. Four four stacks. We look here. I'm getting a ton of Giolito. So basically, I got basically three pitchers. I got a little Paxton. Giolito, Darvish, Glasnow. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Take a look at the stack summary. I'm getting tons of Milwaukee, tons of Toronto at Texas. Milwaukee at Chicago. Probably a little bit of wind out. So if I just ran this, I mean, I'm getting a ton. ton, I get some Mets, some Texas. So it's a seven-game slate. There's 14 teams on the slate. But like most of my lineups are like Milwaukee and Toronto. Right, I'm getting yellow. 58% Yelich, 50% Guerrero, Teoscar, 48%. Yura, right, the, the tons, tons of Brewers and Blue Jays, okay? And it's fitting in Yelich. Like, if we take a look at, like, yeah, it's, it's going to want to want more. Just look look at the salaries. So, fantasy uh, salaries, high to low, right? We go to the lowest salary. 34-7. Yellow, of course, it's going to put Yelich in my Brewers stacks because it's going to want to spend 34-7. 34-7. 34-7. 34-7. Okay? Now, let's say we now reduce that. We go down to 33,000. So you're we're allowing it to put 2,000 on the table. Okay? Because what I'm going to show you is that, like, look, if I leave it at 34.7 right down here, and I go into stacks, and I say, I do not want, I do not want that much yellowage, right? I'm going to say, okay, well, I only want, let's say I only want 20% yellowage. I mean, I can control the, the Milwaukee stacks. So I'll show you, I'll show you this. I'll show you the progression. Okay, here we go. Here's a better way to put it. Okay, I'm gonna go to Milwaukee. I'm like, okay, I don't want that much Milwaukee and Toronto. So I'm gonna I'm gonna limit them to just 20%, just for this example. Okay. People are gonna be on Milwaukee, people are gonna be on Toronto. I'm gonna limit them. I'm gonna limit them even 20 combined. So that's 10 and 10. 10 primary, 10 secondary. Okay. I'm gonna do that. Let me run. Let me run 100 lineups with only one unique. Still 34.7 as the min salary. You're going to see here, most likely, in, in all the Brewers stacks, I'm going to get Yelich. It's going to want to spend. It's, it's, it's forcing in four fours. And the pricing on FanDuel is softer. So it's more likely that it's, it's going to try to jam in the expensive players. If I have an Angel stack, it's going to have Trout in it. Because you could spend the money. You could spend the salary. And yes, it makes the projection higher. You're right. Okay, we go go to projection-wise on the, on the one that we just did, 143 up here. 140, 140, 140, 140. Let's go all the way down to 150. Let's see. 119, a 20-point difference. Right? But look, you get so much less ownership. Right, 73, cumulative. Go up to the top, based on our current ownership projections. 
164. It's, I mean, it's more than double. Sacrificing 20 points for that? Sure, why not? It's baseball. But you'll see how people get get optimizers they, they, to use it wrong. They'll go, oh, well, then what? I mean, if we take a look at all these sharp players, it's like you don't see, like, guys that are 50% owned in there. I mean, sometimes you do. Most of the time, you see, like, look at Forsaken, who won yesterday. Like, who did, who did he have more than 20% of? Like, nothing. Like, no one. Other than pitchers, right? Legitimately. You had 20% Nick Pavel. Yeah, those are pitchers. You had no more than 20% of, like, anyone. Making Trying to make more combinations versus making the same combination multiple times. Let's let's see what happens here. So we have the the limiter limited to a max of ten percent on each side. So it's twenty percent Milwaukee, twenty percent Toronto, right? So now now we're getting a lot of Texas. Texas is coming up, right? So we get a ton of Joey Gallo, ton of Nick Solak, David Dahl. Where's Yelich? Yelich just to get getting 20% of Yelich. Yeah. 20%. He's probably, yeah, he's in every. Because we limited, right? We limited to the 20%. So Yelich is literally in every single Brewer stack. In every one of them. Because how do you not, you could spend for him. We set the stack percentage at 20, 10 and 10. And you're getting 20% Yelich. We're not doing one-offs because it's all four fours. So that just means if you have 20% of a guy, Teoscar is in like every Blue Jay stack but one. So now we're getting down to like Gallo, Solak. Okay, it's like, oh, I don't want that much Texas. Okay, let's go down to Texas, the Mets. Texas and the Mets, the Cubs a little. I'm just showing you this as an example. So let's limit the Texas bats. Let's limit the Mets. And the Mets, Texas, right? But let's double it up, okay? Just for time's sake, because I could do this a second thing. So let's let's put 2020, right? 2020, 2020 for the Blue Jays, 2020 for the Texas, Texans, the Rangers. 2020 and let's let Arizona because they're in they're in cores so this all adds up to 100 or so right okay just like I want 20% of everything primary 20% of everything secondary so there's many combinations of this okay so I decided on my teams right Mets and the Brewers and the Blue Jays and the Rangers and the Diamondbacks okay I'm gonna build 100 lineups You're going to see here that you're going to have a lot of combinations, especially with unique players one. Not much diversity. Your diversification is going to be very low. And your four-man stacks, you're going to be missing players in it. But this is what people do. I'm going to tell this. I'm showing you what people do. Maybe they shouldn't be doing it. I'm, I'm showing you what people make the mistakes of. That's the reason why I'm showing you this stuff. I'm using the bat projection, the Munich lineup HQ, 
You get Lineup HQ. It's part of our premium package, right? Click on the link in the description and get $10 off your first month. If you're still playing NBA, you get the combo premium, right? You play PGA, you play all the sports. But if you just want MLB, you just play, just pay a la carte off the shelf just for MLB. The bat projections are, are an extra add-on. But the RG played IQ projections are fine. We're almost here. Okay. Right. So remember, 40% on all of them because it's 2020. Josh Rojas is appearing in like all of them for, for my uh, Diamondback stacks. Yelich is in nearly in two. He's in, he's missing in two lineups, right? So that's what you're doing. You're looking at the stacks page and you go, okay, I have 40% of all these teams, right? That's my max. All these are max percentages between the primary and the secondary, which is the same thing. When you're playing four fours, it's the same thing on FanDuel. I'm just doing it to make it easy so you understand the concept. So I'm looking through here. I'm going, okay, Rojas is in like all of my Diamondback stats. So whatever number I see here, that's how many. So like Colton Wong, 20% means he's in a half of my Brewer stacks. Luis Urias is in, you know, a little over about a third of my Brewer stacks. James McCann is only in two out of, not, he's only barely in any of my Met stacks. Here's Texas down here. Jonah Heim is in three out of 40 of my Texas stacks. But you see here, there's, you know, it's not much diversity. Why is Yelich going to be in 38 out of 40 Brewer stacks? Because you could pay for them. You, you've, you've told, you've set the minimum to be 34-7. But let's say we set that all the way down to 33. Which is what you'll see. You'll do that. And let me go to build rules and set the unique players to get a little bit more diversity to two. So we go here. You're going to see a lot of, uh, it's going to pay up for Giolito at, at 9,600. Right? We take a look at the pitchers. Like the more and more, the, the like I could spend the money. Like Darvish at fifteen percent. Like how are you? How are you going to play Brewers stacks that don't have Yelich in it? You could you could afford it. Look at this lineup. Avi Garcia twenty six hundred is the cheapest guy in the lineup, and you could still play Geo at ninety six hundred on Fanduel. So how do, how does Yelich how does Yelich become JBJ in this lineup? Well, not if you're setting your minimum salary at thirty four seven. Look at look at how many lineups look the same. Yelich, Garcia, Kane, Hira. You get some Kane. Okay, fine. Where's some more Milwaukee? Hira, Wong, Garcia, Yelich. Same Milwaukee stack. If we take a look at Milwaukee. Yeah, they also project the best. You're right. All right, we take a look at their projected order. Like, where's Travis Shaw? Right? He projects worse than than most of these guys. Right. Batting lefty. Batting fifth. Narvaez on FanDuel is less owned because he's a catcher. There's like like Travis Shaw. Like, where is he? He's batting fifth. Why can't I have stacks that have him in it? Instead of Yelich. Or with Yelich. So I go back here. I go back to my lineups. Like, where the hell is Travis Shaw? 
Okay, well, he's in 14 lineups. Okay. That isn't that bad. Just look, it's 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 trying to pay up for everything. So, like in your other stack, you're also getting like the highest price player in the other stack as well. Right? You have Yelich, you have Conforto, you have Lindor, you have Pete Alonso, right? You could even with Gio at 9600, Darvish at 10-2, you can still play the most expensive guys in these stacks. The most expensive ways to play these stacks. But let's say you don't. You go to build rules, you put it down to 33,000. You go to your lineups. And remember, you're, you you know who you're playing. You know, you, you pick five teams, right? Make it easy. You go, well, I don't want Josh Rojas in all of my Diamondback stacks. Right? Out of, I only want him in half of them. I only want Yelich in 75% of my Brewers stacks. Right. You see, I'm putting in the, the number 30. Remember, from the stack screen, I know that I have 40% max on the Brewers, on all these teams. 40% total exposure. 40% of a four-man. It's a little bit more complicated to try to compute that type of stuff when you're using different types of four threes because you have the one-offs. I'm just making it easy for you. The four-four, you know exactly. There's no one-offs. This is if, if the guy's in, he's in the stack because you're playing four-fours on FanDuel. Let's say I don't want Josh Rojas. Chalk Josh Rojas to be in all of my Diamondback stacks. Maybe in th- maybe in three quarters of them, thirty percent of them. Joey Gallo, thirty. Right? Maybe I don't want anyone to be more than 75% of the stacks that I make. So maybe I go down and maybe I just bluntly just put in 30s everywhere. So that represents no more than 75% in the stacks. Now the ramifications of this, if you don't have the min salary slider down, is that it, the lineup page users are just going to force it in? You're going to say thirty percent, and it's going to give you forty, because it's like how else am I, how else are you going to spend all of your salary? So I'm going to put this all the way down to you know you don't have to do every single one. You can see if anyone pops out. Here's Kettle Marte. Put him in McNeil. Oh, I just want to make sure I'm not just getting the, the pictures are a different story. Okay. And let's say you don't want to have, okay, Giolito is going to be chalk on, on FanDuel and you don't want to have, you don't want to be over on Giolito. Maybe you want a 50%. There you go. Right? It's going to give you more. It's obviously going to give you more garbage because it's going to want to spend more money. The pricing is softer on FanDuel. So you have to assume that. that that's what you have to visualize. You have to go, okay, if I'm playing less Geo, and I could already fit all my stacks in, even with him, with the expensive players, and I don't necessarily need all the expensive players, where's that salary going to go? It's going to go to a pitcher. It's going to go to Darvish. It's going to go to Glasnow. You get more of them, which is fine if that's what you want. But if you start limiting them, then then now you have to, now you're leaving more, even more salary on the table. So that's what I did right now. I said it. This is not what you definitely have to do every slate. This is not, um, I'm not telling you this is this. I'm not telling you this is the magic. This is this. I'm just showing you the concepts. Are you going to build stacks and then you're going to be like, 
oh, I have Raphael Devers in all of my Boston stacks. And he had a zero yesterday. And he was the worst. And I came in 17th place with a zero. I wish I would have had more Boston stacks that didn't have Devers in them. Well, the reason that all of them had Devers had to do with the way that <laughs> the way that you were combining stacks. You could have easily played Marvin Gonzalez there. And you'd be like, I'm gonna, why would I play Marvin Gonzalez and leave 1,200 on the table? said, well, to have a different combination of, of that lineup. So I'm just showing you an example of like, okay, let's just say I don't want more than 75% of a guy. What's going to happen now? Well, you're going to start getting more bottom of the order guys because it's still going to it's still going to want you're still telling it to give them give you forty percent of all the, of all your stacks. So it's going to have to fill it out some way, right? You take a look at the bottom, Brock Holt. You're going to that's going to come up. Jonah Hine, Stephen Vogt, and your Pavin Smith, Omar Narvaez on Fanduel, where you don't rarely play you don't really play catchers as that often. He's, he was right now. He's in three of your forty Brewer stacks. Well, he's, he's going to go up because you're saying that. Well, if Yelich is only going to be at in thirty of forty max, well, who else is going to be in all those lineups? So let's run hundred now. Then you'll end up. You'll, you'll people end up with the oh, I play, I I play oh. I play. I played twenty lineups. I played forty lineups, and I played the Dodgers in all of my lineups. I set it in. I played the Dodgers, and I didn't have any McKinstry. Why did that happen? I picked the Dodgers. I, I had Betts and Bellinger and all those guys, right? And I just played the same type of line. Oh, I missed. I missed a guy. Why are you missing guys? Well, that's what that's well, that's what the optimizer told me. It's like no, that's what you told the optimizer. You wouldn't get those guys in your lineup if you're just if you're just caring about median projection and spending all your salary. Remember, the range of outcomes in baseball is extremely wide. So it's like, oh, I'm, I'm sacrificing twenty points in median projection. So. That's the difference of Gallo hitting a home run or not hitting a home run in a game. That's it. As long as Chalk, whoever the hell it is, if Josh Rojas is going to be 30% owned on FanDuel today and he puts up a zero when he's projected for 12, like, there you go. That's the di- that's the difference. And that's the difference. There you go. Okay, so here we go. With the 100 lineups, I got 50% Giolito. You got more Paxton now, actually. Get some Chris Bassett or one lineup with them. You can X those guys out if you just didn't even want to play them, and it'll just make a different different types of lineups. But you take a look now. I get a little bit more diversity, right? No more than, but now we're getting Lorenzo Kane is coming up, right? It needs to replace the Brewer stack with someone. Lorenzo Kane, Travis Shaw is now at six percent. Where's Omar Narvaez came up to 11%. Luis Urias up to 13%. Because it has to find, it's not spending as much money. Take a look at the, the salary. Look at the fantasy points I'm building. This lineup is 142.74. Let's take a look, for instance, at the build before. Okay? This build before, here's here's the top projected lineup. 
in the build before. 143.07. The next couple are 140s. Here's 140, 140, 140, 140, okay? This is is very important. Look at how many lineups are 140s. 140s, 140s, 139s, okay? Now let's take a look at our build. Our top projected lineup is 142, but it only spends 34.3 in salary. Like we couldn't get that in the other build. Because remember, our min salary was 34.7. Now that our min salary is 33,000, here's this projected lineup, 142.74. Look at the second best projected lineup, 142.22. It's a Brewers. It basically it's a it's a Brewers to Toronto stack without Vlad Guerrero. It projects higher. Leaving fifteen hundred on the table, yet this lineup based on median projections is actually higher than the ones that spend all their money. Right? We take a look here and build three. Start salary high to low. Here, this lineup spent all its all its money. It's only projected for one one twenty two. All its money, 127, 129. Spend all your money. It's their worst lot. They're actually they're actually worse lineups. And build four right here. Sort by fantasy points. Here's a 30. I'm just, I just sorted by projected fantasy points as a 4-4. 34.3, 33.5, 33,000, 2,000 on the table. Projects for 142 as a median. Not saying that the median matters, but. 141, leaving 1,400 on the table. Look at all these Brewers Blue Jays stacks. Here's a Texas stack, leaving 500 on the table with the Brewers. There's more Brewers Blue Jays. Here's Mets Brewers, leaving 400 on the table. 140.96. Here's one leaving 1,800 on the table. Now, if you went into if you went into an optimizer and you just like oh, I'm going to spend forty four seven, I'm whatever, you never get these lineups. They actually they actually project better than the lineups that spend all their money based on the projections and back projections currently. Now, you missed all these lineups. Here's thirty three two. Here's I mean, here's a Texas lineup with the three hundred on the table. 1,200 on the table. Look how many lineups would you miss? I mean, here's one with Darvish. Leaving 500 on the table here. Here's leaving 800 on the table. Here's a Blue Jays Texas stack that leaves 800 on the table. 139, right? We're at 139. Remember the last build where we were just spending as much as we can. 139 would still put it in like the top, like, like 10, 15 lineups. But you would never get them if your min salary is, is, is too... It's too high because I want to spend all my salary. Maybe you do that in NBA more likely than not because it's just some relation. NBA isn't an event-driven sport. Baseball is. So if you're making these hard rules, going, I always spend this much or whatever, like, dude, leave money on the table. Change your diversification so you're getting more bottom-of-the-order hitters. You're not stuck with, I mean, you could, I'm not saying one, one's not right or wrong. It's just a matter of 
most people, when they use software like this, they don't know what they're doing. So they don't realize that it's like, well, you have Yelich in all your brewers deck. Do you want that? And if your answer is yes, then fine. You're going to live and die by Yelich in your brewer stacks. But there are, there are, what's the win conditions of lineups that don't have Yelich in it? Maybe Yelich, it's not like Yelich has a bad game, but he doesn't have a home run. Maybe he has a hit and two runs. But the rest of the stack does well. Kane has a home run. Shaw has a home run. The bottom of the order gets the RBIs. Colton Wong has a solo shot. And then it's like, is Yelich necessary? No. But if you have him in all your Brewers stacks, you don't even you don't even have the option of even having that type of lineup at all. You've 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 completely eliminated yourself from have from even even conceiving that type of lineup because your obsession with it has to be this and it has to be that on the on the on the build rule screen. So that's what I look for. Doesn't mean I know more than seventy five percent of my lineups. No, there's plenty of times where. Yeah, I'm pretty much playing, you know, the same guy in most of my stacks. It depends on how many stacks you have, right? If I'm playing five stacks of a team, like the likelihood of being that diversified in five lineups is going to be lower. But I'm more likely to try to get the teams correct than the players of that team correct, if you understand what I'm saying. So like yesterday with the Dodgers. I'm playing 20 Dodgers lineups. I just want 20 Dodgers lineups. Which guy? Just give me a McKintree's in two of them. Rios is in three of them. I'd like a diverse set of 20 Dodgers lineups. Now, if I only have a diverse set of three Dodgers lineups, yeah, they probably have to make cuts right there. But I'm not locking in five guys. I'm not locking in four guys and saying, this is my Dodgers stack and playing 20 of them. You could, it's just higher risk. But then you don't you don't give access to lower owned guys in those stacks that actually project higher than the ones that you're making. Let me go through some of the YouTube chat before we get out of here. Let's see. Kai Roach, does a pitcher correlate with his own team? Eh, I mean, I guess the win, right? Right? I mean, the four-point win bonus, right? I, I would think so. If the stack goes off, most likely the pitcher wins, I guess. That would be the only correlation I would see. Do batters closer in order each correlate more? Yes, but only slightly. Most people most people think, oh, I need to play one, two, three, four, five. Or one, two, three, four, six. I could have one gap. The gaps in the order don't matter as much as you think. They matter. I'm not saying that they don't, but they don't matter as much. The correlation between the batters, order-wise, don't aren't as correlative as most people believe that they are. They are. But like, people are like, well, uh, what, two, four, five, seven, eight. Like, how do I play that step? Why not? They all, they're, they're still all correlative. Do you still get, cor- you still get positive correlation there. Do you get it as much as one, two, three, four, five? No, but not dramatically different. Like that you can't play the, the, the marginal differences. So don't don't worry. That's I'm trying to show you how don't worry as much on well no, I got I gotta play one one three five six you know I, I gotta play five guys in a row, four guys in a row, maybe one a one gapper, two, three, 
five, six. I, I could do that, but I can't do two, three, five, eight. Well, why not? If it fits, it fits. Doug Sellier took first over Yahoo last night. Way to go. A big thanks to Roto-Grinders team and Bad X. Okay, go. Congratulations. Uh, Jacob Calloway says, since the range of outcomes is greater in hitters than pitchers, are you more likely to be chalkier at pitcher because it's easier to exploit the field with the stacks due the, to the anti-fragility of the projection? Yes, I mean, that's hitters are going to be the most variant. So if like if one team is like super chalky, like it's more, it's more, I'm more likely to be off the board hitter-wise than pitcher-wise. But you get more leverage the higher owned the pitchers are. So like stacking against chalk pitchers. So that that's what I that's what I mean by that. I'm more like like most likely I'm pro, I'm most of my lineups are going to have the higher projected pitchers. Like the, on a 12 game slate, it's unlikely I'm playing the 23rd projected pitcher. I don't mind playing the 23rd projected stack because of variance, but not the pit. The pitchers are less variant. But the more and more a pitcher becomes chalky, the more and more relative value you get from stacking against them. Right, the playing playing the batters against that because you go up while others go down at the same time. But yes, in general, I'm more likely. Like yesterday, my pitcher pool on Fanduel was Degrom, Rodon, uh, May, Sheffield, Pavetta. That was it. That's it. I'm Matt Moore. I'm not playing. I'm not. I'm not playing Morjan, who's only going to pitch like maybe three or four innings. I just, you throw them out. I don't need it, especially in FanDuel with only one pitcher. Tony Porcelli. For single entry GPP tourneys, would you still do 5-3 on DK or differentiate a little bit on the second stack and do 5-1-1-1 or 5-2-1? Or it really doesn't matter, whatever works. Final thing that you said. Really doesn't matter, whatever works. Oh, do you do 5-3 or 5-1-1 and and marginal? So sometimes you tie yourself in on five threes, right? If you just like four fours on FanDuel, you're making it so that obviously if, if some guy goes out and hits, uh, hits two home runs and a trip and hits for the cycle and has 56 points on FanDuel and he's owned somewhat, he's 5%, like that stack's going to win most likely. If he's part of a, any type of, you know, stacking combination, like he's going to be in the lineup. Then by playing 4-4, you're like, well, if I don't have that team in that lineup, you're dead. You can't win first. But if you pick the two right teams, you don't have to be perfect. That's what you're relying on when you do five threes and four fours. Where you're saying, as long as I get the two the, the two teams correct, most likely I have a good chance at winning. And I'd rather do that. Simplify my decisions than try to nail, you know, one-offs. Doesn't mean I don't make five one one ones or five two ones on DraftKings. Doesn't mean I don't make four three ones on FanDuel, but I don't worry. I don't worry about it. I, it it's not. It's not a. It's whatever. Whatever fits. Whatever happens, happens. Let's see if there's any more questions. But if you see, if you see what I what I did a lot, like in my process, even just in this example of this fifty thirty. I mean, I'm just really. This is really broad. I don't actually do this. But is the, the thinking that I'm doing this. To me, it's more beneficial to start broad and narrow down rather than choose. 
I'll have some idea of like what stacks seem to be under-owned and over-owned and then flip that, do the inverse, right? Oh, Milwaukee's going to be high, over-owned. I'm going to have less of them. Houston's going to be under-owned. Houston and Los Angeles are going to be, right? The Dodgers are going to be under-owned. So I'm going to have more of them. For the, for the most part, I do that. And then I run my 100, 150 lighters or whatever and see what comes up. And then go, oh, there's too much of that shit, right? And then I, I limit it. And then once I limit some stuff, then I see what bubbles up over here. Oh, I can't have that. 43% of that guy, put him to 20. And then you do it by elimination. Then do it by, I want 32% of this guy. Like, I don't think in those terms. I think in terms of combinations of teams. Like right here, I'm just, I just there's so many Milwaukee uh, Brewers, Blue Jays. I try to figure out a way to, to kind of separate some of them. Right, I'm just going to have way too many Milwaukee, right, Brewers, Brewers, Blue Jays, because they just project well, right? So I need to find settings that'll remove them together. That may include ownership, that may include a group, that may include whatever setting I need to, unless I want, unless unless I want a lot of Brewers and Blue Jays stacks. If I want limited diversification between my two stacks, I mean, if we look at the combo st- summary, look, 17, look, Diamondbacks and the Mets are combined together too. Like 19 of them are together, right? But the Mets Blue Jays are just only two of them. So I look at this combo summary and I go, yeah, I, I need, I want more diversification. Like I got Texas and the Mets and Texas and Toronto, but where's Texas and Arizona? Only five of them. So I try to figure out a way to maybe smooth this out. Just to get more diversification. You don't need diversification, but, you know, I want to give myself, uh, you know, I don't want all my lineups in one spot or all my lineups in the, the back of the bus. I want to spread it out a bunch. You could be high variance. Feel free. They'll build 100 of the same lineup with one player removed. You could. If you win, you're going to win like the whole prize pool. But if you lose, you're going to lose the whole prize. You're going to lose everything. So if you don't mind those swings, then go ahead and do that. Rolling through, let's see. People sub to optimize. There's expected value lotto. People sub to optimizers to help making lineups quick and easy. You're justifying the cost of your service by blaming failures on your customers. No, the optimizer is a tool. Yes, this helps you make lineups quick and easy with the choices that you're making. I think this mostly comes into people not understanding the difference between a tool and projections. Because I switch over, like let, let's say I switch over to plate IQ projections. Okay, not the bat projections. Okay, it's not going to be that dramatically different, right? Let's take a look, point for dollar wise. Yeah, we're still getting Toronto, Texas, Milwaukee, a lot more, a lot more Tampa Bay. Right? So remember that first that first run that we did. Okay? The first run that we did, we got a lot of Brewers and Blue Jays and Rangers. Right? Brewers, Blue Jays, and Rangers. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna reset this. Build rules. Let's just reset. Reset MLP settings. Okay. Reset those settings, build rules. Let's put it back up to 34.7. 
34.7, which means we're eliminating a bunch of lineups that could be good. We do stacks for four, 100%. Leave everything the way it is. This is the plate IQ projections. Build 100 lineups. I guarantee you we're going to get a lot more, a lot more uh, rays. The projection sources are different. You have to tell it what to do. Like you have a projections, you're pay, to me, 95% of what's useful is the projections. Lineup HQ in and of itself is just a tool, just an efficiency tool. Yes, it helps make you make lineups quick and easy for what you want to do. You have to tell it what to do. Otherwise, it's just going to jam in median fantasy points of whatever your projection source is without any regard of anything else. I still, I even have unique players on two, which is even, even more diversified. Do 40, I'll even stop it here. 40 lineups. Here, look. Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks, Mets. Like where are the Brewers? Not going to have any Brewers down here, right? Different projection source. Right, getting Blue Jays, Diamondbacks. If we went through the same process we did before, in different projections, you're going to get different things, right? Go back to the bat. If you if you want this, like if we you decided to here here's what fifty seven lineups. Well, I need to build fifty seven lineups. You just press the button to say I want four four stacks on FanDuel and did this. I mean. Are these good lineups? Who knows? They're not bad lineups, but you're like, look how look how many combinations. Arizona, Toronto, Mets, Toronto. Like you go, if Toronto doesn't do well today, then you're dead. Then oh well. You know what you'd say? The optimizer told me to play Toronto. It's like no, you told the optimizer to play Toronto, right? Well, they projected well. Yeah, sure, okay, I get it. Sure. Ranger outcomes is extremely wide. Do you want to play chalk Blue Jays today? Maybe some of it. Maybe maybe all of it. Who knows? But you have to make that decision. Then you have to tell you have to tell the tool what you want, what lineups you want to make. Right? And all your Blue Jay stacks are probably going to have Vlad Guerrero in it. Right? We take a look. These are what, 40 lineups? Right, did you look look how much? I mean, you have Rojas in half your lineups because obviously he's batting first in Colorado and he's three thousand on Fanduel. I get it, yes, but should you be playing fifty percent? If they don't do it, Josh Rojas goes zero for four. Half your lineups are dead. Then you go, oh, the optimizer told me. The optimizer didn't tell you anything. You chose to do that. Lineup HQ is a tool to do what you want it to do. It shouldn't be telling you it. If you're going, the optimizer told me, then you then you don't understand how to use the piece of software. Just like the calculator told me, I only owe $3,000 on my taxes. Go tell the IRS that, that the calculator told you that. It's like, no, well, you, 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 you put the numbers in the calculator, right? You put these numbers in the calculator based on all these, 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 these things, and it came out 3,000. Well, that's what the calculator told me. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know twenty seven thousand dollars back, in, you know, because well, you put the numbers, you you put you put everything in. Don't blame the tool. 
Oh, the hat, the hammer told me the bookcase that to build a bookcase this way. Like that, that's that's exactly what you say. You could use line of HP with your own projections. You don't even need these. I mean, whatever project you make your own, put them in, and then make your decisions. They go, do I want to play eighty? Do I want to play eighty percent Giolito? Is this lineup leveraged enough? I take a look at a 198. I take a look at this lineup and I go, do I even want to play this lineup? Is this lineup worth it to play? Is this going to be chalk combination? Look, it's a one, two, three, four Diamondbacks with, you know, two, three, five, six Blue Jays and Geo. I mean, like this, to me, this looks like the chalk, right? It's 198. That's why. 198. 175. A little bit better. But still, all double-digit guys. Maybe it's going to be hard to win a large field GPP with these lineups. If they're going to be chalky, if that combination is going to be so chalky, how do I get lower order hitters in? How do I how do I make these slightly better? Maybe without Geo in the in the top spot. Those are the decisions you have to make. The, 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 the optimizer just is going to. How do I make this number as high as possible? The median wise. Yeah, but the, the range of outcomes of this lineup is like from 20 to 300. Yeah, the median's 139.5. But what's the difference between 139.5 and 139.15? Not much. So you have to start making these decisions for yourself and then telling the tool what lineups you want. What do you want to make? What strategic decisions are you going to make? It's not a ma- it's These tools are not meant for just pushing a button and building lineups for G. Oh, give me the top 150 lineups and just throw them in. It's a good way to just bleed all your money away. Now, if you're playing cash games, if you're playing double ups and triple ups, sure. You're probably going to use a lineup that, you know, somewhere within the top 20 of, you know, median projection. It's getting the best value. But for GPPs, you, you have to make the strategic decisions. The tool's just there. It's just a calculator. So think of it that way. Well, I got projections. I got a tool. I press a button to build a hundred lineups. And why did I lose? Well, I had 80%. The optimizer like anytime. I, I hate that expression. The optimizer likes the optimizer doesn't know anything. The project, you go, they're projected. Well, the projections like, okay. Okay. That's a little bit more, more on point. Well, my projection source has this player projected. Well, and if you want to use the term, the projections like, the projections aren't thin, but I mean, they like, at least that makes sense. The optimizer itself doesn't have any brain other than, I just want to jam in median fantasy points until told otherwise. I'm going to jam in all these MF, these, these FPTTS that are in that column as much as I can. And I'm, the only way I'm going to differ from it, if you tell me otherwise, if you tell me that I need to have this or I need to have that, or you need to have four guys in there until you give me constraints or whatever constraints you give me. I'm going to just try to jam in as many of these F, F points as possible. That's all it does. It's all it does. You have to tell it. So the optimizer doesn't like anything. The optimizer has no brain. It's not choosing players. It's not doing any of that for you. So learn how to use the tool. We have, we have premium videos. I mean, I do this pregame show. I showed you a bunch of stuff. But if you're a premium Roto-Grinders member, click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. We have, I, 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 me, Brit, Cheese, 
bunch of people. We've done we've done premium videos on our entire process for MLB using lineup HQ, every feature. Maybe not the only in stacks because that's new, but we have videos in Roto Academy. So if you sign up for Roto Grinders Premium, just watch them. You'll see. And you see that multiple pe- people have different, oh, I use this and I do this way this way and I do that thing that way. There's no one correct answer. Our old, our old goal is to build plus EV lineups. That's it. Whichever way you get there, there could be 10 ways to get there. Just get there some way. But you have to tell you have to tell the tool what to do. So I hope that helped. It's a little tutorial, a little show you stuff, especially on FanDuel. And DraftKings, that the whole salary thing may not matter as much because the salary is a little bit tighter on DraftKings. But in FanDuel, that's the first thing that I noticed. That's like, there are a lot of lineups that leave 2,000 on the table that actually project better than some of the other lineups. And, and then if you don't, if you don't, if you have this proclivity of like, I need to spend all my money, they're going to be a lot of, they're going to be a lot of plus EV lineups available that other people aren't playing because of the notion of you got to spend all your salary. But that's why I wanted to highlight that. So, Obviously, uh, tomorrow and and Thursday, I'll be on Grinders Live. So I'll still be here in the morning. It'll be 11.25 in the morning, Wednesday, Thursday, because we have day slates for MLB. So I'll be on tomorrow with uh, Britt and Tuttle. I'll be on Thursday with Dean. And I'll be back on Friday. For, so we got, we got a little dip. I'm always here in the morning. That's That doesn't matter, right? Unless I'm dead, I guess, right? Unless I'm in the hospital or whatever. I'll be here in the morning, weekdays, 11 a.m., as usual, for the DFS pregame show here on rotogrinders.com.